Welcome back to He's Abroad. I'm Jason here in, still in Jersey, in quarantine, joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. Also in quarantine. Also in quarantine. And we got a couple guests here. We got Brittany, who's not abroad. She is still in, uh, she's she's in the United States. I'm in Brooklyn. In, in Brooklyn. It's and kind we got, of like being abroad. And we got Arlen, who's provided the most feedback of any listener we've <laughs> we've had um, across this podcast and our last one, who is in Manhattan. Yes, I'm in Washington Heights. There you go. So now you know. If you're looking for her, that's where you find her. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. How's uh, how's everybody handling quarantine? Doing all right. Well, you 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 made me walk a mile and a half to pick up this microphone. No, <laughs> no, I, I no. left quarantine. <laughs> no, no. Let's let's be clear, okay? Let's go through the process. I said I'm going to send you a mic, okay? And I did. And I said, here's a locker. It's close to your apartment. And you said, no, that's in the hood. <laughs> Can you send something north? So then I think I sent you two other locations to which one of them you said, yeah, that's perfect. And then I got text today saying, I'm in the ghetto and I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I and then you a said, I guess the rain. <laughs> then you said, I guess the homeless don't watch the news <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> that what I There's said. still a hood yeah. in Brooklyn. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Brooklyn still yeah. has a hood. <laughs> It does. I don't live in like the completely gentrified portion. Um, definitely could see everything change as I was walking to venture to get this mic, but I was surprised by the number of people outside, like in standing, like in groups and talking as if they had no idea what was happening. So, oh, when you watch the news overseas, it seems like the U.S. is going to be dealing with this for the next eighteen months. <laughs> this is what it seems like because you guys are wild across be. the U.S. It's a mess. Yep. Nobody is not really aware in Washington Heights, it feels like. Every time I go outside, there's just so many people out in our neighborhood. How do you feel about Instagram uh, people walking outside, shamers, like those who yell at people from outside their window? That's happening. What is this? (laughs) Yeah, you haven't seen that? At least some people I follow. They're like, go home, (laughs) stay home. And they're just yelling outside their window while people are walking, walking down the street. Man. You don't this know where is, they're going. They this, might be going is, to get a microphone in the ghetto. <laughs> yeah. This is the time when living in a country with only 5 million people is great. Because it's just yeah, like, I'm look, dead. we're going to do this for a month. And then we're pretty sure it's going to be fine as long as we don't have people traveling from other countries. There's like 200 some odd cases. And they shut the country down when there was like 80. So, really? again, I think I think Sorry. New Zealand's going to be out of this thing in mid-May. And the U.S. is it's just going to keep rolling forever. It's never going to stop. Ugh, you guys are lucky. I mean, well, in New Zealand. For now. We'll see. You never know. Might get a, some rogue animal carrying the disease. I just read on Twitter. This is one of my news stories that a cat has been diagnosed with uh, coronavirus, but it's not really? COVID-19. It's what? a coronavirus. Yeah, um, and everybody on this call who's not me lives with a cat, so you're all fucked. <laughs> yeah. But our cats don't go outside, so. Exactly. They're quarantined oh, forever. John, your, your cat doesn't go outside? Can no, I call it your cat? No, he's an indoor cat. What's that? 
That seems cruel to have an indoor cat in New Zealand when you got, got like a, a he's, yard. He's stuff. got a big house to run around in. He can't go outside because he'd kill all the local wildlife. And New Zealand's trying to protect all these local birds. So the last thing you need is this is this cat coming back with like a kiwi in its mouth. So you got to keep the cats inside. <laughs> like those things are endangered. There's all sorts of endangered birds around me. So he stays inside. Your, he can. Yeah. I didn't realize your cat was so hostile. Yeah, he's not a he's a he's a rescue cat. So he's had some he's had some trauma, but he's doing all right. Yeah, uh, you know, every once in a while, every time the door knocks, he runs. But it's good. He's a he's a good cat. I've I've come around on him. Come around on him. Took me a while, but he's good. All right. Do you want to get your uh, Peloton questions out of the way before we I get do. into the news so, here? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so Brittany is the only person I know with a Peloton bike, and I'm super interested because it's like really? this. Yeah, I am interested because again, the only thing I know about the Peloton is that everyone was upset about that commercial. So how is it? Is it like, do you do these online classes? Like, do you like jump on at like 9 a.m. and it's like going to a spin class? Um. So I don't do I don't ride live with any of the instructors. Um, I ride live. I, feel, I love it. Like, the- <laughs> the pre-recorded ones because I like to check out the playlist and pick ones like good playlists. Um, but yeah, we so Ryan and I both use it. He actually was FaceTiming with a group of his friends and they were taking a class together and riding together just before um, I hopped on this. And uh, yeah, we just um, we do it in the morning and now in the evening, like I'm in prison, you know, try to get my exercise in. <laughs> <laughs> got to go to the yard, got to go to the yard, um, hit the bike. <laughs> And yeah, and the, and the instructors record uh, so that the Peloton moved to a new studio in New York. Um, and normally there are people who like you can attend a class in those studios uh, and like ride okay. live with them and they film them. But right now, obviously, no one is um, is there. So I guess for whatever reason, these people are still deemed maybe essential employees <laughs> and uh, they are going like the instructors are going and teaching classes at the studio like that are empty. And then they're being broadcast, um, you know, at home on the the Peloton um, app. Um, and then, you know, for folks who have the bike. So, like, how how yeah, big is this bike? Is it, is it pretty like heavy duty? Like, like you feel that you're like actually secure on this thing? It's not like buying like a cheap exercise. Yes. Bike. Oh no, it's very it's very heavy duty. Um, it's it's pretty large. It's you know, like overlooking our couch. <laughs> it's like, it's like the, the ugliest piece of furniture, but, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, it's really high quality. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not like very good. I'm not very strong, but like Ryan's a lot stronger and it doesn't like look like it's going to rock over or anything with him. So. And how many people do you think get a Peloton just to use it as an ornament? So it impresses people when they come over. It's like the it's like the rolls of toilet paper right now. Like if you have like massive amounts of toilet paper or a Peloton, like you are uh, <laughs> that's your badge of honor in this quarantine right now. You're the new one percent <laughs> toilet paper <laughs> yeah. or yeah, toilet paper or a Peloton. Does it have a screen yeah. on it? Yeah, it's actually um actually you'll appreciate this Jason. It's it's like an Android based uh computer. It looks like a giant tablet. Um. And yeah, it's a touch screen. They do other workouts too. Like you can do yoga. Um, there's some like get this bike. Now get off the bike this and is, do these strength. This is like an yeah. ad. <laughs> well, it, it's it's connected to an app too, or like online on your computer. So um, yeah, so you have I mean, I think it's, you know. Yes, yeah. So you buy the bike and then you pay like a monthly subscription. Um, but honestly, like it is the thing that's keeping me sane during this quarantine. So 
we, we have yeah, friends like especially being in new york time. like arlen like as well like just because new york you don't have a lot of space i mean this is like any big city right if you lived in london or tokyo or anywhere else you guys don't have nearly as much space as people who are out in the suburbs so i'm sure you guys are getting a little stir crazy being in new york city yeah. and sort of being told that you can't leave <laughs> yeah Definitely. But I also can't imagine like having enough space in my apartment for an exercise bike. Like my, my parents have and just like a regular exercise bike in their apartment, but their apartment is like twice as big as ours. So yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> so how have you been, yeah, how I, have you been getting by in the quarantine then? Me? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, like we have enough space that I can do like yoga in my living room or something. Um, and we, do you I, have enough space that Greg can do yoga in your living room? Yes, but not. I mean, we might be able to do yoga together at the same time if we like move the coffee table completely out of the living room. It's a pose by pose scenario. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we probably could do it, but we would be very close together. Well, there you go. Some but he doesn't bonding. want to. Got it. So and Greg's out there uh, slinging drinks to go. Uh, at the moment, yes. Otherwise, I probably would have made him join us, but he is at patent today. Have Have you gotten a to-go drink from him? Has he like brought one home? I mean, there's really no need for him to do that. Like, our apartment is filled with alcohol (laughs) (laughs) it's like the opposite of a peloton Mm -hmm. you have like a little bar station i have a i have a peloton it's more like my entire kitchen is overrun with random bottles that are just like either on top of the fridge or on top of this like this other little cabinet thing that we have and we really need like a better storage solution for all of this alcohol and the worst part about it is, like, we don't drink any of it, really. If only they loosen the laws of who can serve the alcohol and who can make it to go. You could just give out drinks and cocktails from your apartment. I mean, I thought of this. <laughs> the, second that they, the second that they shut down all the bars, before they even said that we could do to-go alcohol, I was like, the first thing that's going to happen is actual illegal speakeasies are going to start opening up in people's apartments, and they're just going to, like, hand drinks through, like, a little slot, you know? <laughs> and I actually think that part of the reason that they immediately decided to allow to-go alcohol is to avoid illegal bars popping up in like apartment buildings and stuff. Yeah. But you can make stuff to go. Mm -hmm. Open, open up that business quick. Be like, look, I need a quick, uh, the quick business. Got to get rid of all this booze. Yeah. (laughs) Make some good cocktails. I mean, it's great working 24 seven, but it wouldn't really, um, I don't think that it would really be enough for more than like a day or two of sales, like actual sales. Um, But the annoying thing is like, even our fridge is full of this beer that neither of us drank and that Greg brought home. Like, I don't know. I think it was over a year ago. And cause I think he bought all of it when he went away for someone's bachelor party. Um, 
and I drank one of these beers the other day uh, while I was watching Married at First Sight. By the way, John, I still think you should watch it. Oh, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> you have to do it. And you have 10 seasons. Oh, 10 seasons. Jesus. <laughs> that sounds terrible. That commitment. sounds awful. I'm just telling you, you don't have to watch all 10 seasons. You could just watch one, but like, you, you know, have well, the, so well, the way many we're going with quarantine, I very I might, I might not have a choice, but with the way that I'm running through TV shows. So, well, might be if you watching start this by watching the end of next it, week. I want to hear. I want to hear a review. <laughs> There's there oh, season that you recommend. Is there like a season that you're just like watch season six for this couple? Ooh, you know, I'll have to revisit. There are a couple of seasons that I really liked. This season has been horrible. Like it's season ten. They have five couples um, instead of three or four. Sorry, that's okay. <laughs> I'm muting you. Welcome to sirens all the time. Um, I muted Brittany. <laughs> we'll let that siren go by. She can unmute herself when uh, when that siren passes. Yeah. Oh, this program's great. <laughs> so yeah, this season I do not recommend season ten okay. at all. Well, look if you can if you come up with a season that I should watch, I'll I'll go through it. I'll find okay. it, and me and Alice will sit there and watch it, and I'll have critiques because yeah, I fell into Ninety Day Fiance with no shame. That's yeah. my show um oh, and now they're doing some weird deal. they've got a bunch of weird other versions of it that i'm not a big fan of i just With want the like the real watching it like the actual couples watching other yeah there's like episodes. a bunch of weird Ew. other what? like spinoffs of it and i don't just yeah. give me the real the original where i get to see these people and they try yeah. to get into the states and then they try to get married that's all i want so i'm waiting for the next season of that i actually so, uh, haven't gotten into okay. it it's great well, i I walked by uh, my grandmother watching this, and there was uh, a pretty large white lady with her definitely not white band that she imported. And she was trying to tell him, I guess he wasn't pleasing her in bed. So she's like, do you know what this is? And she's just like holding this vibrator in front of him. And he's like, no, what is that a microphone? And she's like, no, it's not. And then when he figured it out, he got very upset and, uh, <laughs> and they got into a fight. And then uh, I went upstairs and back to work. <laughs> I, love it. I love all of it. Just it's all great. It's just oh, it's man. it's one of the, the most thing amazing. Is, you probably know exactly what part i'm talking about like, i might not because i jumped around a bit season wise like i, I no, haven't I watched it consistently well. but there's couples that i i, I thoroughly enjoy um nice. yeah <laughs> so it was just uncomfortable i was like this i don't like this this is this is upsetting but all right let's let's get into some news here all right i gave i gave everybody uh some homework here because we're gonna keep this the, the normal flow even though we got some guests and it works out perfectly we got three we got three people here we got three stories so um you know, we John is off social media. He's off the news. He's he's now reading the news. I guess. Did you? Where did you end up on that? Are you? Are so I'm you... reading the AP news. Cool. So I get all of American nonsense, which honestly I could do without. And I chose Preacher. Radio New Zealand RNZ, which apparently is like the most consistent, at least like just straightforward New Zealand news, just so I know locally what's going on. So I get like the updates on the confirmed cases, but I don't get like the think pieces of like, should we be in quarantine or did this happen too late? Or, hey, there's a Kiwi outside with his mates drinking beer and someone needs to snitch on it. Like, it's not, I don't get that stuff. I get like just a straight up, here's the count. Cause Kiwis are interesting when it comes to this quarantine because it's just like, they're like, like people are snitching on each other. Because it's such a small country. Wow. So there's people just like looking outside of just like, hey, there's this guy. He's outside walking 
and I don't think he's supposed to be outside. And the police are like, don't call us for that, please. He's, he's allowed to walk outside. It's fine. Yeah. Cool. So other than that, there's still a lot of news happening in the world, despite everybody being quarantined, how people deal with it. I feel like less so of uh, how this is a news thing. This is more like tales of survival. So we'll give you our choices. We'll run through them and uh, and then you'll, you can decide where we start. Alrighty. So very do, briefly. Do you read out the headlines? Is that what? Not, not even the headline. Like I'm, I, Like you could be vague. Okay. So like I can say for mine, I could say adaptation. How like you don't need to know what else that means. Just adaptation. Okay. All right. So Brittany, since you, you found your story chronologically, you found it first uh, before Arlen. Why don't you give a little bit of what, what do we, what do you got? What are we working with? This article is basically real world ratatouille. Cool. All right. Oh, that's wow. too much information. <laughs> Arlen, what else you got? Um, I have a couple different options, so cool. maybe like we it. can just pick one. Um, hmm. Well, do you have like, are there, is there a common thread? And then we could give John the choice because I actually have two options as well behind mine. Okay. I don't know if there's a common thread. I mean, there isn't a common thread between the two that I found the most interesting, but I'll say like, um, <clears throat> I guess one is more serious and the other is more um, about inappropriate capitalism. Ooh, Perfect. I like that. All right. with John, inappropriate where, capitalism. So where do you want to start? So we got adaptation. We have Ratatouille and I guess capitalism. Oh, the Ratatouille story sounds great. Um, <laughs> but so I'm going to save that one. So I'm going to start with yours because yours seems the least interesting. So let's get that out of the way. And then we can move on to Arlie, Arlen and Brittany's and go from there. Okay. Now, with this adaptation, you have a choice between delivery or drive through Ooh. Hmm. Delivery is del- delivery's on topic for where we, I am. We could take the, a the vote, actually, because we got since we got yeah. three people on. Yeah, take a vote. Why don't we take a vote? All right. Yep. John, what do you choose? Yeah, I'm, I'm choosing delivery. delivery. Team delivery. All right. Well, that's two to one. Arlen, you don't, your vote literally doesn't count. All right. Delivery. <laughs> well, I didn't care anyway. You should still vote anyways, Arlen. Vote anyways. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say? Uh, I actually was going to say that I didn't have a preference because I'm curious about both. Okay. Here we go. Good news. They were both about strippers. Here we go. For reading from Fox News. <laughs> Fair and balanced. Fox News. Strip club uses dancers as delivery drivers after being shut down due to coronavirus outbreak. See? These are now. If you had to guess one city in America where this would be, where would you guess? Vegas. No. Okay, I guess. I, <laughs> I was wondering if anybody it's else a, in any. It's gotta be guess. somewhere in the south. It's somewhere in the south. Or Florida. I heard this story and I, I don't remember where it is. Okay, so I believe the most strip clubs per capita is actually Tampa. in uh, Portland. Oh, it's not Tampa. I thought it was Tampa. Oh. I might be wrong about that, but there's a lot of strip clubs in Portland. Anyway, this is in Portland. You made up that fact. I might have. Well, that's one way. <laughs> Well, that's one way to keep this is reading from the story. Well, that's one way to keep people employed. The governor of Oregon recently issued a mandate shutting down all non-essential businesses in response to the coronavirus pandemic. While this has caused many businesses to close their doors, there was one establishment that came up with unique way to keep its employees working. Sean Bolden, the owner of the Lucky Devil Lounge Strip Club in Portland, Oregon, told Fox News that his idea originally started as a joke. According to him, quote, Boober Eats was inspired by a tweet that I sent off joking about creating a food delivery service with topless dancers and quote, Boober Eats, 
A play on Uber Eats is a service where customers can have various items from the lo- Lucky Devil Lounge's menu delivered to the door. Oh, so you gotta a, eat the food from the. Oh, not even okay. done with the sentence by a pasty clad stri- by a yeah pasty clad stripper who is also escorted by security. In case you are worried about her um, her well being, I had that little bit at the end, but it definitely says who is escorted by security. According to Lounge's website, the menu consists of traditional pub fare and includes burgers, salads, steaks, chicken fingers, and other similar items. Also, according to an Instagram post, Boober Eats did give away a bidet amidst a toilet paper shortage caused by panic shopping. Wow. Bolden has taken steps to ensure the dancers stay safe during the delivery trips, the New York Post reports. Aside from the typical problems they face, the security is also there to help them avoid coming into contact with customers potentially infected with COVID-19. Last bit of the article, since strippers are typically considered independent contractors, they usually aren't eligible for unemployment. But while Boober Eats has helped the dancers continue to make money, it's still significantly less than the dancers traditionally make, according to reports. Yeah. So, like, how much money is this dude making? Because that, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the highlight, the funny part of the story is the, the fact that you've got these these dancers now delivering food. But he's doing this to keep him himself financially stable as well right like let's not act that he's just this charitable guy yeah well it's everybody right like yeah. you know yeah. everybody's got to do what they got to do everybody's got to make money he's got a certain lifestyle he's got to uphold in these tough times you know no one's coming to see his girls and uh he's got to still put them to work so this is one way to do it get them driving deliver some stuff and pasties i guess I yeah. what can you imagine yeah. having that conversation where do you want to get food from i don't know let's get it from the lucky devil <laughs> let's, get, let's get some salads let's get some salads from the lucky devil <laughs> Look, i mean, a lot I mean of it, it could have really good lunch specials yeah do the you food have experience what and uh do you have experience in having some lunch specials at strip clubs <laughs> i know john has i've just yeah rich cabaret has good food so that's <laughs> what it is yeah look i mean that's what it was down the street from work when i worked in new york and uh yeah they had good steak was what it was You'd be there for 30 minutes and leave. We went there for the lunch, really. Wait, so. which place are you going to? At Rick's Rick's Cabaret, which is yeah, on Yeah, that's 30... what I heard, that they had good food. Because I used yeah, to see? in a law firm, and like a bunch of the lawyers used to go there. Like, not the lawyer that I worked for, but um, some of the people who worked in the firm next to his firm. Maybe it's only this strip club that has good food, then. You don't, you don't think Lucky Devil? All right, good food are the same one. <laughs> All right, I'm going down the I'm going down the rabbit hole here. I'm gonna go check out Lucky Devil, Lucky <laughs> Devil in Portland, and see uh, see what they're. Uh, no, I'm gonna go to Google. It's got a 4.2 on Google, so that's pretty good. Let's see if anybody. Great food. First quote: Great food, great yeah, service, great atmosphere. There you oh, go. Man, second food. Second quote, the main bartender seemed really bothered by our company. <laughs> Third quote, great place for a great burger, especially at happy hour. Look at, Look at that. that. It's the food. So this dude's on to something. Yeah. He, I wonder if he already delivered before, like he ha- if he had Uber Eats or anything like that, um, actually delivering stuff. And then he was saying, hey, guys, you don't need to... Uh, you don't need to uh, get it through there. Come through us. We get, we get it all. You don't have to worry about a cut. So you take a good chunk of that money if you go through those other services. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they take a very high percentage. So 
God, I love I love reading. Is, are the strippers who are now delivering food like is this actually making them enough money for it to make financial sense to keep doing for them? Yeah, because are they well, getting tips and things as well? Yeah. Avoid, though. I mean, yeah. Alternative. You'd so. bet it's something, right? Like everybody's got to get by doing something at this point, even if it's not what they normally do. Like you could say about Patton, right? They're not where Greg's working. He's not getting what he usually gets, you would assume. Right. But it's enough to be, it's better than nothing, right? And you, that's why it's enough to stay alive, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, I guess like the difference is um, that. You know, in the article, they're explaining that um, because strippers are considered um, independent contractors, they're not usually eligible for unemployment. But uh, that's changing right now because of um, the the COVID-19 crisis. So now a lot of people who wouldn't normally be eligible for unemployment, like independent contractors, are able to apply Um, And they're going to be getting this extra money from the bailout. So once that comes through, it probably won't make any financial sense for them to also be delivering food at whatever, you know, minimum wage they're getting from that. Um, Because sometimes if you're on unemployment and then you're also working, there's like a balance between how many number or how many hours you can work uh that that will come out in your favor you know financially versus like if you work too many hours then the amount that it deducts from your unemployment payout it tips the scale out of your favor actually yeah because that used to be a problem all the time especially for young people right like they try to keep your hours under under 40 if you're let's say you're 16 17 18 and you're working your first job and they'll tr- your employer will try to keep you off of the schedule like i say this working retail of hey okay yeah we're going to here's the schedule you're only working 25 hours cuz over a certain amount of hours they have to give you employee benefits healthcare all those things because you're a full-time employee right. regardless of what they contract you as so yeah i'm sure that all of this stuff in the states is going to change even if it's just temporarily of hey okay what's actually considered if you're only able to work 20 hours cuz you're working from home and that's the only that's the limit that they give you or hey you're working a job that doesn't need full hours then yeah like you should still be able to qualify for some type of benefit because you're not able to make your regular wage yeah well you can still apply for unemployment even if you're not a full-time employee so that at least in new york so that's not so you know this dude is paying off the books right like he's (laughs) you think he's uh he's giving out w-2s to these to these ladies who knows? Well, if they're independent contractors, wouldn't it be 99, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, whatever. Look at that. I know tax law. I'm in there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Brother Jason. Cool. Sorry, I'm dumb. I can I can I can I read some of these reviews that I've seen for uh, go for, for it. lucky, and then and then we could go on to the next story because some of these are great. I I want to know what kind of person reviews strip clubs on Google Maps, but but God bless them. All right, here we go from SP Talk, Toxic. The dancer had such a stuck up attitude and looks like a dude. All the rest I met were very sweet and fun slash pretty. Overall, a fun place. Smile emoji. Three I mean, stars. her name was Toxic, right? Like, that's probably some of the persona she's given off here. All that, three stars. All right, here's here's a journey um, from Keith Raffinot. Service was all right. The guy at the bar barely 
the guy at the bar barely acknowledges you. What really irked my wife and I was that when we sat down and put $2 on the table, some obese lady next to us started harassing us that we need to tip more. After she said some very unkind words to my wife, I stepped in and told her off. The stripper kicked us out. The lady was also harassing some other friends at the rack as well. I don't know what that means. Seems like they should have kicked her out because I always tip well and even tip when I'm not sitting at the at the rack because I because I respect what they do. Instead, the stripper lost out on our on tips because of some crazy lady thinking she's sticking up for them. One star. And then But I got, he was only two dollars? Well, he started with two dollars, I guess. It's like, you know, I, I don't know how it works. I guess you leave yeah. it like uh like bait and then they come over and then and then you, <laughs> and then you and then you shower and then you shower her with riches. Yeah. You know? It's like I'm not just gonna put a hundred dollars out here. Someone some crazy lady might take it. And here's the last one I'll read from Jamila or so, just to cover the full spectrum. Here's a tip. Walk in, don't have to pay a cover. Go to the bar, order a delicious whiskey sour. Sit in comfy seat and watch pretty girls. Order steak bites and fries. Leave happy. I love this place. The cook is amazing. Heart emoji, five stars. Here, here. Wow. Look at that. Can you imagine the cook who works at a strip club? Like, I mean, he's getting rave reviews for his food, but like, why wouldn't you go somewhere else? I don't know. I want to see that guy on Beat Bobby Filet. He works at the <laughs> he works at the Lucky Devil Strip Club in Portland, Oregon. People love his burgers. I and mean, maybe the job pays better than some other back of house jobs do. Do they share tips at a strip club? No, I don't know. I mean, again, he come I, out it's for interesting because I don't know. They, they might have to pull their they might have to pull their tips together. I have no idea. Never worked at a strip think, club. I don't think no? so. No. I don't know. But again, as they say, find something, you know, find something and do what you love. So he might just love, hey, I love strip clubs. I love cooking. These are my two favorite things. So, well, I mean, you guys know that like back of house doesn't get front of house tips, right? I did not know that, actually. Oh, doesn't vary place by place. Okay, so no. So let's do a little um, hospitality education 101 for you. Yes, please. I've never worked in hospitality. I've always done retail because I belong in the back lifting stuff. Okay. I was I was at the front at retail. All right, because I'm a beautiful man, and I don't don't like your condescending tone in this hospitality 101 lecture. Okay. I like it though. Yes, please. Anything to do with food service? It doesn't. I know. It doesn't. Yeah. I didn't get tipped. Although somebody did once slip me twenty dollars when I gave them a when I got them a Wii. I mean, I didn't do anything special for it, but they just handed me twenty bucks. And I, I wasn't allowed to get tips in retail. They told us we were not allowed to get tips. Yeah, I retail wasn't either. employees are not considered tipped employees, and they also are generally not allowed to get tips. So, like, even if you work a counter service job, what? So Jason broke the law in, in taking that twenty dollars. Oh, yeah, for that week. sure did. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so even if you work counter service, for example, like in a cafe, and you have a tip jar, like you're still considered a tipped employee, even though your base wage is going to be at least minimum wage. Um, so that's that's one thing. If you when you hear things like um, tip sharing is illegal, what that means is if you are a salaried employee, like a manager, 
or you work in the kitchen, which is usually also a a salaried or like you get a specific um, hourly wage that is not the tipped minimum wage, but the actual uh, minimum wage. Um, You can't also collect tips from the the tip pool of the front of house of the restaurant. Um, So so that's what it means when you hear that there's like a lawsuit because of illegal tip sharing. Um, A pooled house means that everyone who is a tipped employee is somehow sharing those tips um, in, in some equal way. Usually it has to do with, um, how many hours you work in a shift. And then depending on your position, you get a certain number of points per hour worked. Um, and that's how they break down. Like the servers get more than the bussers or the runners, Um, sometimes the bar will pool with the floor. Sometimes the bar won't pool with the floor and they only share tips among the bar staff. And that depends on the restaurant. Some of these things vary, like in terms of laws, these things can sometimes vary by state, but in general, like all of what I just described pretty much seems to apply to every state. Um, so yeah, it's, if we're talking about like a chef working or even a line cook or whatever, working in like a strip club versus another restaurant, um, it doesn't have anything to do with the tips that the front of the house is bringing in. That's entirely separate from that guy's job. So instead, like the question would be, you know, maybe that, um, particular place like pays a better, um, base wage for its back of house employees than other normal non-strip club restaurants in the area. And that's why someone would want that job. Especially if the food is good, right? Like, especially if that's one of the reasons why people are coming, that guy has to, maybe he didn't start off making a good wage, but at this point, maybe he is making good money and he just says, yeah, they treat me well. I'm making good money and I enjoy cooking here. So yeah. They leave leave Google reviews. Yeah. Yeah, If he's driving revenue now, in their in their darkest hour yeah and even more so right maybe he'll get a raise he's the guy yeah P- people want that burger the other, by the way if you're wondering about the other uh, story it was about uh drive-through strip strip stuff strippers so drive-through strippers yeah you can look that up all right <laughs> damn we chose we chose maybe we didn't choose wisely Brittany. yeah questions <laughs> damn all right. Arlen, what you got? Cause- okay. Um, so this is uh, from Art News. <clears throat> and I guess it shouldn't be a surprise that I ended up choosing something from Art News because um, for those listening who don't know me at all, um, I have a master's degree in art history and museum studies. So I'm interested in the art world, obviously, in general even though I work in hospitality still. I never even knew that was a website. Art news? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that it exists. I just never been. So (laughs) glad to have the diversity on the show. Yeah. So the headline is, take a moment to gaze upon these Apple computer sneakers that just sold for almost $10,000. Jesus. (laughs) Now we're talking. This isn't even COVID related. I love it. Yeah. So this is pretty... uh, 
I think it's kind of controversial. Like the, the article itself doesn't really frame it as being controversial, but it was published two days ago and um, the sale, like this auction was pretty recent. So, I mean, something that I've been thinking about is what are the appropriate things to be spending money on right now when so many people are out of work and really need help? Um, and so when I saw this, I the first thing I thought was, should anyone really be spending 10 grand on... Specifically on sneakers and... Uh, yeah, I'll read the article and then we can talk about that um, because I, I definitely am not necessarily against um, putting money into the art world in general, but I question whether this is really that. So it says, sneakers, are they art? Even the art purists among us who shake our heads vigorously uh, at that have to admit that they've become something of a gateway drug for art with Sotheby's last July selling a hundred pairs of sneakers at auction for 1.29 million to Miles Nadal, a Canadian investor who plans to put them on view in his private museum. And of course, he's not the first to put sneakers in a museum. All of this territory and much, much more is covered in a feature Christina Brinkley recently wrote for Art News on sneakers as collectibles towing their way into the art arena. Brinkley reported that on the secondary sneaker market website StockX, a pair of Nike Air Back to the Future, oh, sorry, a pair of Nike Air Back to the Future editions sold for around $35,000. Earlier this week, another pair of kicks edged up on five figure territory with Heritage Auctions selling a pair of rare 1990s Apple computer sneakers for $9,687. The sneakers sold not in a sneaker auction, but significantly in a sale of urban art, inclusive of works by Cause and Retina, a clear signal that Heritage, at least, is able is happy to tout footwear as art. Um, so it just kind of goes on to talk about whether or not sneakers are art. But the thing that I kind of was thinking about instead was, is this what anyone should be spending their money on right now? <laughs> so I'm looking at a pair of these shoes, right? Jason just sent me a picture of these shoes, right? Yeah. So to explain to people what these shoes look like, if you know shoes, they look like a pair of Air Force Ones, low-cut Air Force Ones. So they're just basically all white. And they've got the old school Apple logo on the left side, like just a very tiny thing that just says like right, right to the left of where the shoelaces are or the right, depending on which foot it is. It's just a very little tiny tag that has like the multicolor Apple logo. So the picture of the Apple, but there's starts with green on the stem and then yellow, red, purple, blue, etc. And then Apple. And then it's got the same logo on the tongue of the shoe. And that's it. Otherwise, they're these hideous. are basic white shoes. They're so yeah. ugly. They look like old man shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they look like. All they need is Velcro and they would totally be old man shoes. Yeah. I don't Jeez. I don't understand sneakers. I don't understand the sneaker game. I don't understand any oh. of that stuff. Someone once showed me a I pair of sneakers that were like. I went to an exhibit at the Brooklyn Museum. Actually, it was called Sneakerheads. And there were shoes, a ton of different shoes on display. And it was really about like 
sneakerhead culture. And I mean, it was really like presenting shoes as art. Um, And I mean, I think in a similar way that fashion is a type of art, like sure, shoes can be art, but also no one should be spending their money on that right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely am fully open to the discussion of fashion and sneakers as art and art objects. And I think that's a really interesting thing to think about um, in the museum world, in the art auction world. And I even wouldn't be that offended if we were talking about someone spending, you know, $10,000 or you know, even more than that on like a uh, fine art of some kind, I guess right now, because, you know, art institutions are really hurting. And so they do need that, you know, influx of money into that side of the economy. But for some reason, this feels like a different thing to me. So question for you, Arlen. Private museum, Have- whatever that is. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so question for you. Now, again, I've I've got a I've I've got an art degree in visual effects, and I took a couple of art history classes. I'd be lying if I remembered anything about most of them. <laughs> um, but I I always had the opinion that a lot of art is sort of backed by like trying to launder money. Um, <laughs> that a lot of people now again, this might be a little controversial. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, but we've talked about like art before. Case of, this, yeah, this seems like the perfect case of a rich guy being like, I got to start offloading some cash because I need to make it look like I'm in a worse position than I actually am when the recession starts so I can start getting some handouts. Is any of that true? Um, okay. So that, I mean, that... That's yes, partly. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's like a controversial thing in the art world, um, in like the art collecting world where... Um, you know, individual art collectors will buy um, sometimes really famous or important art pieces, and then they put them in storage indefinitely. And um, there's a big debate around um, not just whether that's like hiding assets, which it is, um, or could be, um, but also like the the moral side of that discussion in terms of um, art is made to be seen and experienced. Um, For sure, absolutely. And so what does it mean if it's being cloistered away in these storage facilities? And, um, you know, there are huge warehouses that are just art storage facilities um, where people keep these, you know, amazing works by, um, great masters and they would be huge assets to museums and instead they're owned privately and they're not loaned out and they just, you know, sit forever. Yeah. So you're not wrong. Um, I think it, I don't know if this is, this really falls into that category, but it's definitely something that happens. Yeah, because again, I, I know a lot of, and again, I know a few people who would consider themselves sneakerheads, right? Who wait for the latest Yeezys or any Nike release of a Jordan or all that type of stuff. And then, you know, they'll spend hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. to do this. But again, these are people that like the fashion, right? Like you said, a lot of people, right? If you're, if you're someone who's into fashion, into clothing, right? You buy a pair of shoes that matches 
an outfit or matches a couple of outfits or matches your style or your self-expression. All those things become very valid. Mm -hmm. But in this case, if it's just a guy, like you said, spending $10,000, he can't find another pair of white shoes for his self-expression. Obviously, he can. Right. So this is something (laughs) different. This is a guy that's buying a pair of white shoes with a tiny little Apple logo on there that has that not really appreciative of the fashion of this shoe. Yeah. Well, it's an investment. Sure. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a good investment now, especially when the stock market is tanking. And yeah. you might say, hey, maybe I can hold on to this okay. thing for a couple of years and then flip it. I wish I had those shoes and not that money in my 401k right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is like a cross section of stuff that I just don't understand because it's, you know, like we talked about that red square. Like there's certain art that I just don't get. And then the sneakers thing I just don't get. It, it, I think anything can be art. Wait, what? But like, I don't know. Like, what, what was that red square we talked about, John? It's like years ago at this point. But there's like remember. This, this painting that was worth like over a million dollars and it was just a red square. It was like a painting of a red square. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I could explain, you know, abstract art movements to you, but I'm not sure if it would be interesting to do over the podcast. <laughs> yeah. and, and and that's the thing as well, like different periods as well have different significance of when something is painted and the type of, you know, the time. Again, it's like everything, right? Like there's things that sort of based on who did it and when they did it. And what type of period as it is, obviously, like Picasso has a bunch of different styles that he did over his life. And some of those you might go, well, that's really stupid. I don't like that. Right. It's the subjectivity of your personal viewing of art, but it might have actual cultural and sort of timeline significance of that artist themselves, which is why it all of a sudden has more. I mean, same thing with like baseball cards, video games, everything. Right. Like it's not just the art itself of whether or not you think it's good. It's got the cultural and the historic significance behind it as well that helps back some of the financial of this is why owning this Mickey Mantle baseball card of this year is important because this is the year that he won X amount of awards, right? Like, it's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and also, you know, in terms of like, if you're looking at things from various art movements and periods, um, it may not seem that exciting, you know, looking at a red square now. Um, but it was really groundbreaking at the time and it has a lot to do with the historical significance around, um, you know, what had or had not been done yet, what was happening politically at that time. You know, a lot of those things are political expressions and I'm definitely interested to see how, um, the current, you know, political, uh, situation that we're in, um, affects art output moving forward because I think it will end up being a really interesting period. Well, it's interesting though, right? Doesn't some of the best art often come out of, I mean, I look, music is like this. Like I specifically look at hip hop and rap, right? Like that came at sort of the greatest time for that music genre came when sort of the African-American community was being plagued by things that were happening in the eighties and the nineties. And so people, speak about art when it directly affects them and you're heading toward a period of time where you're going to have a generation of people whose lives are going to be changed forever around what's going on right now. Same thing that probably happened around 9-11, same thing that happens around different types of wars and events. So yeah, like art will change and yeah, it's tough because being an artist right now has got to be really tough, especially if you're independent sort of, you know, self-contracted to produce, mm-hmm. you're not going to be as well off as other people who are able to sort of find jobs in different sectors. So, yeah. Right. Well, there, I mean, there are also, there are a lot of opportunities, I think, opening up for sharing work, um, 
digitally. And it's not that those didn't exist, but I think people are going to become more interested in um, using those opportunities, you know, in terms of like live stream tours of museums or like digitizing collections. I think all of that stuff is going to ramp up. Um, It already is. So that's one thing I think to keep an eye out for. And that could actually open up more opportunities for independent artists um, to get their work out into the world. Um, But I don't know exactly how that's going to turn into like uh, how they might be able to monetize that. So we'll have to see. Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to point out also was just, um, you know, John, you were talking about how like art movements, some of the most creative stuff happens in um, tumultuous political or socioeconomic time periods. And so, um, you know, abstract art really started to come into play around World War Two. So um, a lot of like the the way that artists would fragment um, their images had to do with um, war and uh, you know what people were really experiencing in out in the world. So it, yeah, again, it'll be interesting to see how like this period of pandemic is gonna um, influence the kind of art that people are making and whether we start to see something like very different from what we've been seeing before. Yep. Yep. For sure. Well, I've seen people uh, in Prospect Park sitting outside painting, so I, <laughs> which I've never seen before. Uh, and yeah, I think I'm sure more people are just inspired to produce art. Um, you know, I, I couldn't see what these people were painting. I was running past them, uh, keeping six feet distance, of course. But um, yep. yeah, it's uh, it's going to be incredible to see what comes out of this. Yeah, so that might also be shit. garbage, but we'll see. Wow. Oh, my God. You're already judging it. <laughs> you haven't even gotten there yet. Good God. All right, Brittany, tell us about Ratatouille. All right. Well, Ratatouille is what I had in my head when I read this article. It's actually just from CBS. But the headline is, Rats Swarm New Orleans Streets as Coronavirus Precautions Leave Them Empty. Oh, real downer. So. Thanks. Yeah, no, I think it's I just not a real life rat. ratatouille. You want a real life ratatouille? Last time I was in a diner, I saw a rat. That's a real life ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> but was carry on kitchen? with the story. <laughs> I would assume so. It came from the kitchen, so probably. Jeez. Um, so the article says precautions put in place to slow the rise of coronavirus cases in New Orleans has inadvertently led to a rat problem for the Louisiana city with restaurants closed, save for takeout service, far less food waste is being discarded in the city's alleyways, driving the local rodent population out into the open to search oh for <laughs> Jesus. This is like the monkeys. This yeah. Is- yeah. So there's. So on Bourbon Street, uh, there are videos that have that show dozens of rats scurrying through the empty streets. One local restaurateur said, I turned the corner. There's about 30 rats at the corner feasting on something in the middle of the street. Ew. He said he had never seen anything like it before. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I was like, when, when I was reading this, I just thought about uh, the scene in Ratatouille. I don't know if. So it, I'm, I'm going to make a controversial take here that, here New, that New Yorkers might not like, right? The best <laughs> city to be a rat in, in the U.S., I'm going to say New Orleans. If you're a rat 
living your day-to-day life under normal circumstances, I'd rather live in New Orleans than live in New York because I think there's less rats sure. and you get better food. I would agree. Oh, with that. wait. Well, that's okay. That's why you're, that's your controversial point is that the food is better That's my in New controversial Orleans? point is that you get better food with less rats. If, if I'm a rat and you tell me what city do I live in in the U.S. to live my rat life, I'd rather live it in New Orleans. Well, that's an interesting. That's an interesting question you're posing here. Yeah. If I was a rat, what city would I? Better eat weather. Sure, you got hurricane season, right? Like that's the one that eh, might get a little rough. Hmm. But you get consistently like better weather. Dangers. Like there are fewer dangers in Louisiana. Like you don't have like buses and trains and all those things like that. But you have a lot of food and a lot of people. But you also scary. have things like alligators <laughs> and, and more predators, right? So yeah. well, that sounds thing. awful. Uh, yeah, I'd go like somewhere in the south with some barbecue without alligators. Because that is that a thing? Can I go to like Kansas City? Go to Austin, right? That's Austin is like a pretty cool city. Yeah, Austin would be a pretty good rat town. Out in the country if you were a rat. Why? You're not getting much then scraps. You yourself. Yeah. You have to Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. You could you probably deal with like farm cats, right? Because like farm mm-hmm. cats are totally a thing out in the country where it's just like these cats that just roam wild because they just take out rats and they live in the middle of a farm. So that's just what they do. That's true. You know, and there are bodega cats in New York. So yeah, I agree that New York is probably not the best place to be a rat. Mm. Yeah, God. but there's, there's a lot of numbers these, in New York, uh, though. You got a lot of you got a lot of that's that's where your people are, right? Like if you're gonna go to a city, that's where you're gonna find you know distant cousins and uncles and aunts from multiple generations. They're probably in New York somewhere. Yeah. Well, do you think these thirty rats that are cruising uh, down Bourbon Street, like, do you think they're all related? I'm gonna take a stab and say yes. Rats? <laughs> what? Do rats on like packs? I mean, I guess, but rats, they reproduce really quickly. So multiple generations. <laughs> rats that you think, are probably rolling. Do you think the room. rat pack? This is a fascinating question that I do not have the answer to, but you were raising some very interesting points about whether a rat pack is a thing beyond a quartet of dudes from the 60s. I- <laughs> <laughs> well, like, what is a group of rats called? Does anyone know? No, I don't know. Like a group of rhinos is called a crash. Like, what is a group of rats called? Ooh, that's can I Google this? Yeah, go for it. No, no, we do this all the time. Well, because well, they always have interesting names, right? Like, yeah, like groups of all different animals. Like, there's hordes or a riot, oh, right? I, I believe it. Yeah, it's great. What a group it? of rats is referred to as a mischief. Oh, oh, look at that! That's pretty good. Isn't that great? That's great. That is good. good. So there, there's a mischief of rats that are running down Bourbon Street. They should have written it that way. That should have been. And normally, there's just a mischief of humans rolling down Bourbon Street. So you know, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. <laughs> can there? No, wait. Is there a scale to the mischief, or can it like it after it exceeds a certain number, does it go beyond a mischief? How many? How many rats make a mischief? Also, this is starting to sound very Jewish. Like how many? How many men make a minion? How many rats make a mischief? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't specify a number. Here's a question. Well, I hope the rats. Go ahead, Arlen. Oh, um, should we be worried about like hordes of rats running around? And then once we kick COVID, then we're just going to get like a rise in bubonic plague instead. Oh, yikes. yeah. But that's always a risk in New York. If you weren't worried before, I don't see a reason why you'd be worried now. It's fine, probably. 
probably well, is the key word. Street, I'm just saying. The rats are going to take over with emptier streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But less, you know, and the garbage isn't going to stop, right? There's still, it's not like people have necessarily all fled New York. Have you guys noticed that people have left New York to go to other places during this? Or is it just people sort of staying at home? A lot of people I work with, um, a lot of like folks who are a little bit younger, like they've gone to their parents' places throughout the the country. Um, or, you know, I know someone at work who went to Utah, Colorado, Um yeah, different places. So I personally, I didn't want to leave here. Um, you know, this is my home. <laughs> so yeah, sure, of course. I uh, feel, you know, in, in times of stress, like being at home uh, makes me more comfortable. I don't like like living out of a bag or feeling like I'm like transient. So um, yeah, I, I didn't want to leave. But I, I do think a lot of people have left. I mean, Jason left. Yeah. yeah, but at the same sure. time, you don't know how long this is going to last, right? So, like yeah, you might say, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go back home, wherever home for you is, if it's not in New York, for a couple of weeks, and then this might last for months. Yeah, yeah. People well, that's what I asked I was like, when are you coming back? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have an answer. I don't know. Like that's the thing. I, there's not. I'd like to go back, but. Like the difference between where I am now and my apartment is not much when you consider everything that makes my apartment worthwhile and the things around it and, you know, going to work and all that. It's like everything's closed, everything's shut down. And so I, it's like either be in a box by myself or be here with some of my family. So. Mm-hmm. That's the choice. Well, and now when people want to leave New York, they're recommending that they self-quarantine for 14 days when they get wherever they're going. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, because I, I read something on the AP that said they're assuming that 50 is very similar to L.A., right, where they're sort of saying that there's a good chance that 50 percent of the people in New York might catch this. Yeah. I can't wait crazy. till I have the test available to, like, I, to see if – if like I already had it in February, I was sick with the flu. Mm. Um, and this was before like anyone even knew it was, you know, really only in China. Um, and we weren't talking about it being, you know, here in, in the U S and I mean, maybe it was just the flu. Um, I didn't like go to the doctor and get tested or anything. I, I um, you know, was at home over the weekend and then uh, it was uh, whatever the President's Day weekend was. And then I felt better, you know, on Tuesday and I went back to work and that was it. And then now I'm like, huh, was that coronavirus? And, you know, or maybe, you know, you could be a person who's asymptomatic. Like, yeah. How That's the biggest kicker. One more time. What was that? Oh, I said, how many days were you sick? Just two. That's not the flu. A hundred percent not. So Arlen, you, thought you, had it, right? you out for like several weeks like the last time i had the flu i literally didn't leave my house for two weeks and when i did yeah because i felt like i i was so weak like you had a bad cold but you did not have the flu yeah, because well, I've never like, had the flu either. Like, I don't think I, I've had bad colds, right? And I believe that the common cold is a coronavirus, if I'm not it is. mistaken. Yeah, it is. A type yeah. Of so it's like, so it's like, yeah, who know? Like, who know? That's why there's no cure for it because it's this thing that just mutates every single time it leaves someone's body, which is why it's hard to cure the common cold because it's just a coronavirus that f- takes sort of a different form each time that you 
catch it. It's not always the same thing with the flu. Yeah, because the thing that I've always been told about the flu is that it's the body aches that sort of lets you know when you really have because you just feel weak and you feel weak for a really long time versus a cold is where it's like sore throat, headache. You know, you get some rest and after a couple of days you feel pretty you feel okay. And maybe you feel a bit dried out or a bit, or you know, or maybe just stuffy for a little bit longer. But yeah, I've always heard that, you know, you have the flu when it's like you feel like you've been, you know, you've been beat up <laughs> and you can't move. If you can't get out of bed, then you know you have the flu. If you can get out of bed, like, or if you recover within a couple of days, like I just, that's not the flu. It just isn't. So it's probably good news for you, Brittany. So if you go visit family and friends, you should be all right. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't the coronavirus. You know, so like <laughs> some people, the interesting thing about the coronavirus is that it doesn't have very consistent symptoms. And like some people get really sick, but some people have barely any symptoms. So, um, yeah, I mean, it it doesn't sound like what you had was the flu, Brittany, but it does sound like, you know, if you had a fever, especially um it could yeah yeah, it could totally have been corona i'm really curious um to see once you know we actually have testing available if that ever happens yeah like if i was exposed to it or not as well because like working in hospitality i just felt like before they closed everything down my coworkers and i were just like well we're definitely gonna get this you know because you we are in contact with so many people and we're touching other people's mouth germs constantly. Like there's just no way that we're not going to get it. Um, Do you think it was appropriate that now that all these uh, musicians and bands are doing like, are are like singing songs and stuff on Instagram from their apartments that the, that Neil Diamond's first choice was sweet Caroline, where one of the big songs is hands touching you, touching (laughs) me. (laughs) There's been about inappropriate. Yeah. Inappropriate. Inappropriate for this time, but I am quite happy that uh, most of my favorite bands are, uh, are doing that. Um, Yeah. So we're, uh, we're, we're after an hour of recording here and we, we usually run a little long here and usually the next segment is our political segment. Mm -hmm. So the question, but, and then we do a little media therapy afterwards. Now the question is, do you want, so it's up to you, Arlen and Brittany, since uh, you're our guests, if you would, if you would like to carry on with the with both, or do you want to jump right to some media therapy? Hmm. I, I'm in for the media therapy. Right. Yeah, me too. I think we've also like Ooh. talked a lot about political stuff anyway. So okay, the one the one thing I do want to play is uh, is this thing that happened yesterday where uh, Trump called a reporter cutie pie. So I'm just going to play <laughs> that, and then we'll jump right over to some wow. media therapy. All right. So this happened, and this is also talking to a guy. Don't be a cutie pie, okay? You know, everyone who needs one. Nobody's ever done what we've done. Nobody's done anything like we've been able to do. And everything I took over was a mess. It was a broken country in so many ways, in so many ways other than this. So the question was, uh, can everyone who needs a ventilator get one? And his response was, don't be a cutie pie, okay? Yeah. So that oh that's fun. All right. So enough of that shit. Let's go to uh let's go to some media therapy here. Uh as always, I like to open up with a little bit of a question. Anybody is uh happy t- anybody can answer today. Uh usually it's just for John and John always forgets the baseline, but this I thought was a good one. I struggled in determining who to choose, but I was hoping to choose someone from uh our our feature discussion here, but um I don't have one. So here we go. Who was older? 
Mads Mikkelsen or Paul Giamatti? Who the hell is Mads Mikkelsen? Who's yeah. Mads Mikkelsen? That is. He was uh he was the villain in um in Casino Royale. He was that in dude? That's his name? Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. He's in huh. the he's in the smash hit game Death Stranding as the villain. He's in a lot of shit. Mads Mikkelsen. That can't be his yeah. real name, right? Like who it's names his real kid name? Mads? His real name is Mads Mikkelsen. M A D S. Yeah, he's not he's Danish, all right? They have weird names in uh, fair enough. Okay. Wherever uh, I'm going to say he's older than Paul Giamatti would be my guess. Does anybody else know who he is? Oh, I, I <laughs> know who he is. Yeah. I'm looking at him. Well, if you're looking at him, then you probably see his age. Do you, do you think he's older or younger than Paul Giamatti? I actually am not looking at his age right now. I'm just looking at a picture of his face. Um, I think older. Brittany? Um, so I googled him now. <laughs> okay. Do, do you and, know who Paul uh, Giamatti is? That's the other question. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> that is. Um, I think. Hmm. And I think you've already told me Paul Giamatti's age. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's the fun thing about these questions is that Paul Giamatti's age will always leave your mind. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I don't remember how old he is. I don't. That's we've done so this for weeks. <laughs> yeah. I, think I think he's older. Well, you're all correct. Mads Mikkelsen is two years older than Paul Giamatti. So far off. And a dancer, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. Now, the big thing that John and I said we would do last week, which we did, is we uh, is we watched Cats. All right. I forgot we about this. And I'm so excited we, now. Yeah, we watched <laughs> we watched Cats. Um, I don't... Brittany and Arlen, you have not watched Cats, right? Right. No, not yet. But so, I think so, I we, so we can discuss Cats before or after you have any other contributions to media therapy that you would like to make. Anything you're watching, playing, listening to, anything you want, then your your call. I don't want to be rude to our guests. I haven't watched, but I'm going to, is all this Tiger King business. Everyone's talking yes. about it. No. Yes, I want to watch it, and Alice won't let me. <laughs> Why? Why won't she let you? Because she's like she doesn't want to see cats getting hurt. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think they're getting hurt. I think it's just about the crazy people that own these cats, and she's not about the abuse my, of animals. My friend said that too. Rick, that like I can't watch that. Animals die, and like really, they would air that. I don't know. I still have to watch it. I'm I'm gonna try one episode. I'm with, they would I'm, air that. Of course, they would air that. John Wick is centered on a dog getting murdered this is true this is like a documentary kind of thing i don't really know anything about this but i'm i'm interested to hear what your one episode that you watch is like it's apparently amazing everyone that's watched it is like this is one of the craziest things i've ever watched it's just basically about a bunch of people that own these exotic private zoos where they get a bunch of giant cats and so it's all of these different stories across the country talking about these owners of different of like panthers and you know tigers and lions and sort of the the personalities involved with this thing because you have to be a little nuts to own, to own a giant cat yeah good idea yeah. i have yeah. a contribution Absolutely. to media therapy all right um so 
Greg and I usually uh, watch the Great British Baking Show as our media therapy, um, but we finished the most recent season, and so we had run out of you know soothing British television to watch. And I was Didn't think that was possible. Of, yeah, I was just kind of like you know looking around on Netflix, and I found a really good replacement. It's called Repair Shop, and. It is, um, it just takes place in this repair shop somewhere in England. And um, these really quaint people are just repairing other quaint people's like antiques that are broken. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I get into it. Yeah, it's great. I highly recommend. All right. I watch. Uh- Bob Ross at night before I go to bed. Nice. <laughs> I like that. Like, it puts me in a trance. Actually, sometimes it causes me to not be able to fall asleep because I'm like, I want to see how the painting turns out. Oh my God. <laughs> have, have you ever painted along with Bob Ross? No, I kind of want no. to. He makes it look so easy, but I feel like whatever I paint would be a disaster. Does anyone paint along with him? I know that's the point of the show. Yeah. <laughs> anyone does. Hey, let's back up. Does anyone paint? Uh, I've been painting a very long time. <laughs> yeah, I've been painting a on very this, long time. For, for the purpose of this discussion, does anybody paint? Like, that's the first. Again, I've been, no. I used yeah. to, but I haven't painted in a very long time. Yeah. All right. Well, you got a lot of time on your hands now, so maybe yeah, now's so the time. We'll see. Homework, everybody. Try to paint along with Bob Ross. You need a lot of <laughs> shit, though. He's got the whole thing. He's got the brushes. He's got the he's got the board, the palette, all the colors. Everything. Yeah, seems like whatever a lot of the work. hell liquid white is. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, well, I, I, no, I don't. Wait, what? He was yeah, sure. He calls it liquid white, and he like paints it on the canvas first, and I think it helps the colors blend. And I'm like, did he invent that? Like, is that who like his? nickname for something or is that a real thing oh you mean no, like probably just like a base primer thing. on the canvas yeah. before he paints on it maybe is it does he just put like one coat all over i googled it and there's like bob ross brand liquid white oh there it is bob ross branded primer it's probably primer, it's probably what yeah. it is well but he says the colors blend so whatever maybe i don't know do you do you trust him? Do you think he's lying? Is that your concern? <laughs> no, Bob Ross is a very honest person, and my favorite thing about like watching this is that every now and again he talks about his pet squirrel. Oh no! Uh, uh, wait, what? <laughs> wait a minute! Hang on a second. He's he got a pet squirrel. A, he oh, a baby squirrel. I forgot its name. Let me look it up. Uh, yeah, I'm Maybe looking this up now too. Bob Ross's. Bob Ross was married three times. Wow. Really? Yeah, I'm surprised by that. <laughs> Peapot is a squirrel. Oh, that's cute. That's a good name. Cute. How old is yeah. Bob Ross? Bob Ross? He's got to be Bob older Ross than Paul Giamatti, right? While, so he's dead. He's, oh, he's dead. Got it. Been dead Fair for enough. 20 some odd years. So I didn't know. <laughs> Wait, 20 oh. years? He died in 95. Yeah. Wow. Bad. Who knew? That is a that is an eternal meme oh, then. Good for him. Young. Yeah. Hmm. What a shame. Oh. All right. Well, John and I watched cats. I don't have a better segue than that. So there it is. John and I watched cats. Um 
Well, watched is, I'm going to say this very loosely, as in I got about 30 minutes in and then I started to fast forward through this thing. I, no. this, this, dude, I'm telling you, dude, this is the worst. It's, and I don't say this lightly, right? I've watched a lot of bad movies. This is the worst movie I've ever watched in my life. It's awful. It is horrific. It is creepy. It's just song after song after song. <laughs> I exited That's out of this movie. Is. I exited out of this movie when, when the James Corden cat came on. I was done. I was that, finished. Wow. So I, I started fast forwarding this, so I got to see all the cats. I saw Judy Dench cat. I saw Gandalf cat. I saw Taylor Swift cat. And then I got to the end where they were all sort of like staring at the sun. And then I saw Jennifer Hudson cat. Um, dude, I couldn't do it, man. This movie is horrific. It's so bad. <laughs> did you did you at least listen to Jennifer Hudson's song? Like the big- I did. And, and, and even so, it's just I couldn't. Why? Why did we do this? I, we collectively like I, I don't who are the race. why did we first of all why did andrew lloyd weber make this musical it's so odd it doesn't make any sense yeah and the first song is trying to explain what a jellical cat is and i still don't know what it is and they and they just it, like they spend 10 minutes singing about what a jellical cat does and does what? not do yeah like oh Brittany, do you not know the plot of cats um it's about like one cat that gets to live or something. It's like morbid. It's very morbid, right? No, it's the opposite. I'm pretty sure they murder this cat at the. They murder Jennifer <laughs> Hudson at the end of this thing. They put her <laughs> in a. They put her in a chandelier, hot air balloon, and then she just flies up into the sun. And they're like, "Oh, she's chosen." It's like you just murdered this cat. Like you could have done this in a way less elaborate way. Idris Elba is like teleporting them to the middle of a to the middle of the the Thames, and it feels like you could probably do anything you want. Yet they have to make a big thing about it. So here's the deal. You have the jellical cats, which I assume is every cat in this thing. Because they're there's all not like, that's like their yeah, race of cats. There's nothing like humanoid yeah. slash cat. It's I again, guess. it's yeah, all so creepy because cat. they're humans. They're like yeah. human cat people, yet they like sort of move around like cats and they start walking on their high and they start doing like all these like popping and locking and stuff. It's awful, man. I <laughs> yeah. hate this movie so much. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the lead is also a ballerina, so she kind of danced like that. But everybody else kind of dances weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but you had these jellical cats. They're all they're all vying to be the chosen one to get murdered by Judy Dench at the Jellical Ball, and that's it. That's the movie. Like that's the whole plot of it. And everybody they introduce everybody they introduce themselves through these five to ten minute songs, and I don't think that's an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. And then Idris Elba makes a bunch of them disappear, and then. So he could be chosen. He's not. They choose Jennifer Hudson, who's all raggedy, singing a singing a song, and then uh, then the thing's over. Then they make look, some jokes about being a cat. And the <laughs> problem that I have with it as well is that, like, look, I fast forwarded through Frozen as well, but at least Frozen had like actual moments of dialogue, like for like stretches of like ten minutes or so, where it's actually characters I trying to it. sort of explain, like, hey, okay, this is what's going on in the story, and then we sort of slowly break into song. This movie went literally from song to song to song. It just rolled into each song, so you never got a minute to actually try and understand what was happening, other than listening to the songs. So, if you enjoy the music of Cats, you'll probably like this movie and be able to get over the actual visuals, but I know nothing about the music. So, I was like, so what cat am I, like, which cat is important? Which cat, what's the background? Why should I care about any of these cats? And they just move from song to song to song and it was awful it's an odd movie um Sorry. the 
the uh, the the visuals are awful. There is a there's a really it's bad so creepy. Uh, the wor- the worst. It's not even that. There's also some parts where you're like, why did you do this if you couldn't? You know, like the like the bell on um, Rebel Wilson's neck. That thing was so distractingly bad. I couldn't get over it. You know what I'm talking about? In life, right? Like, here's the point of life. Never, like, sticking to the middle of anything is normally pretty awful. And that's what they did. Like, instead of just going full CG Lion King, let's make these these guys cats, right? Like, I understand why you wouldn't want to necessarily just do that. Of just, let's just make them look all CG. And, you know, sure, they can still have a bit of humanoid movements to it. But we're just going to keep their faces and make them look like regular cats, right? Or we're going to put people in very elaborate costumes, right? Like, let's try to, like, hey, let's do... Black Panther sort of like, hey, we're going to build these super elaborate costumes and get, you know, the actual art back into filmmaking and, you know, make them just humans in costumes. And they chose the middle. And the middle was the worst possible thing of what they could have done. Because if there would have been people in costumes doing this, I think I would have liked it more. Or if it would have been just full CG, let's just make them all look like cats, cat faces, not like Jennifer Hudson's superimposed face with her facial features. So, you know, it's her blended into a CG cat. It's super awful. strange. By the time Ian McKellen showed up, I was like, oh, right. He's in this movie and he looks super weird and awkward. And then he sung a song. I was like, wait, he's going to sing a song? Why? They all sung songs. Even Why he is just he singing a song? To sing a song? He tried. He was a pretty badass cat, though. I'd, I'd watch a movie just about his cat. <laughs> his cat character. I don't care about the rest of them, but he was all right. I don't know. I, I've had no exposure to cats before this. Arlen, Brittany, do you have any exposure to Cats the show? Yes. I saw the musical <laughs> as a child. And what was that like? I mean, I don't really remember it. My grandma took me to it, and I think I was like six years old or something. So that seems irresponsible. <laughs> I think, I mean, my impression of Cats up until this movie came out was that it was kind of like, a, I don't know, I, I always thought it was kind of meant for kids, you know, like that it was a musical that no was be for children because it was kind of nonsensical and everyone's dressed up like animals. It's a, it's a musical for furries. That's what it is. Yeah. And that's definitely what this movie is for. I bet, like I was kind of watching this thinking, if I were a furry, is this everything I'd want it to be and more? Probably. What do you think? You would assume so, right? Yeah. Or is this like a disgrace to the furry community? I don't know. It might be a disgrace, man. This movie is rough. Like, you should have just put so people in. You should not the- see the movie, is what you're saying. Or, Dude, like, is it like curious. a train wreck? Like, you should don't see waste it. Your time. Yeah, don't I, waste your time. Mm, you, I, you, you, again, if you're desperate, like, if you're getting to the point where you're just like, I'm going to go insane through quarantine, then maybe. But even then, I'd maybe say, maybe there's something else you can do. I paid twenty dollars to watch this movie. Oh bless you! Um, yeah, so they got they got my money, and because there's no way you couldn't even rent it at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I paid for it through Google Movies or whatever, and watched and did it that way. And there are moments, despite it being it's like an hour forty, it's not that long, so it's pretty quick. And I wasn't really bored at any part of it i was definitely intrigued but the gimmick gets old pretty quick like i was expecting some complete off the wall nonsense and i didn't really get that the way i was hoping it w- i would but for the purposes of it like this thing is already playing at midnight shows at alamo i tried to get Brittany to go before uh before we had uh, before the quarantine started 
because they they're already doing this. It's going to have a cult following, but the music is just not good. Like even if it was a bunch of bullshit and the, and getting past the visuals and all that stuff, like you can still have a decent musical. Even, but nothing really hit. Hmm. Even the even the main song that Jennifer Hudson sings, the sound mixing seems so bad that she didn't even come through the way you would expect her to. So. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of misses the mark for me. I I don't think I could really recommend it. If it's on TV, check it out if you're curious. But I I don't know if it's it's not even in the so bad. It's it's fun. It's just like no, it, and that's what I mean. It, it wasn't even like ironically bad. Where you're just like it's bad, but you know I'm still enjoying it. It was bad for me, and it's the worst movie I've ever seen. I'm cemented that one. Someone asked me that question now. Cats is the immediate answer. That's <laughs> what was it before? Dick. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Nixon movie, yeah, all right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Condensed. Oh man. I only say this because Alice loved this movie as a kid and she made me watch it and it's awful. <laughs> so yeah, that that's my choice of number two. And she's not gonna like this when she listens to this podcast, but still. Oh, how weird that she that she loved Dick as a and it's somebody in New Zealand too. And that's, I mean, that's when you start realizing that Kiwis, they were lit behind all of us. Like, it's a little weird. Some of the stuff, they're like, yeah, I remember that. You're like, you remember that? Like, how did you guys get that? Yeah, why did you get that? I don't even know what it is that you're talking about. What about, about? yeah, why not First Kid? That's a better White House movie, right? It is a better White House movie. I agree. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, for me, this is not the worst movie I've ever seen. It's still not worse than the, the Rollerball remake. That's probably still the worst movie I've ever seen. If you haven't seen it, but you should watch that. Let me know if it's worse than Cats. I think whatever your grandma was watching sounds like it was worse than Cats. What do you mean? What Christian Christian movie? Oh, no. All right. That's that's not fair. So she was watching Breakthrough and I and I watched the last 15 minutes because it was on and I'm not going to change the channel. Who am I? Who am I to do that? So it, it's a it's a Christian movie. So you know what you're going to get. It's just like kid falls through the ice, kid falls into a coma, mom prays, and the kid gets better. That's the movie, and you get yeah, what you get. But there's a but there's a solid structure. It it's not it doesn't have weird CGI in it. You know, it doesn't have weird anthropomorphic cats uh, running around singing shitty songs. It's like it's a cohesive movie. I can't knock it for the genre it's in. Because I've seen multiple hell, we did on Fun National Podcast. We did three reviews for the guy. We did we reviewed the God's Not Dead movies. All right, those aren't worse than this. That was this is still a worse movie. But because at least from a from a structural perspective, those movies work. Even if I don't agree with all of the themes, and they got some sweet jams. (laughs) (laughs) Don't look. I'm. I don't watch cats. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Well, Jason tried to get me to spend twenty dollars. I did it. Save your money. I said you don't have to get it, and your response was we could pay for it. Like I wasn't, I wasn't saying you couldn't. I was saying there are other ways to procure it if you didn't want to give them your money. I don't know if we've persuaded Arlen. If we've persuaded you anyway, do you guys want to throw out what the worst movie you guys have seen is? I was trying to think. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the worst movie I've ever seen is, but I do have a favorite really bad movie to watch. Love it. Which is Showgirls. Obviously. That's like the classic 
fun, terrible movie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like- I don't watch a lot of movies, so I feel like I spare myself from I can I can tell you my least favorite Disney movie. Sure. The Good Dinosaur. Yes, I agree. Oh, it was I've terrible. Never- it was confusing. And actually, if you read about it, um, like on Wikipedia, like what happened was they basically changed directors like halfway through the movie. Hmm. <laughs> um, and so you can kind of feel that like it's very confusing. There's no direction. Um, yeah. So that's probably actually one of the worst movies I've watched. Is that I've got when, a funny uh, story for that. Oh, go ahead. I, I interviewed at Pixar and that was the movie I would have been working on. So I dodged a bullet for them oh, wow. ghosting me really? and never actually rejecting me. And uh, yeah, I never got a rejection letter from Pixar. I, I interviewed with them multiple times. They, it seemed to be going well. Then they just stopped contacting me. And, and then you got to, to work on uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I did. So there you go. <laughs> Do I have the timeline right? Is that what you ended up working on instead? No, I actually ended up, that's when I came back to New York and I worked on Anchorman and Pompeii and a couple other classics. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Well, the Anchorman fight was fun. That's, uh, that's a cool all right. But yeah, I agree. The Good Dinosaur was, it's by far Pixar's worst movie. And I'd say it's Disney's as a, as a in total conglomerate of now all of their riches that they own. I would say, yeah, it's the worst of all of them. Never seen it. So I won't. Cool. Yeah. Father. Well, we're, uh, we're approaching an hour 30, run a little long here. So why don't we wrap this up? Arlen, Brittany? I thoroughly enjoyed this. And if we stay in quarantine, you guys are more than welcome to come back whenever you'd like. Yay. Yep. Well, I have now that i had a venture out for so anytime <laughs> awesome same time next week we'll make it happen this is uh this is the end everybody so thank you for listening if you made it this far thanks and uh you can go to he's you can check out the links to itunes various podcast services all that stuff feel free to rate us give us nice reviews or bad ones you could message those to us privately and yeah catch you next week until then This podcast is over.